0: Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This month, we'll be diving into the realm of artificial intelligence and its transformative impact on the way students perform research in the digital age. Joining us is Wilson Su, the visionary founder of PowerNotes. Wilson talks about how AI teaching and learning tools are integrated into his platform to track student research, and how the rise of AI has transformed his company into a way for students to prove that they, and not AI, actually did the work behind writing their essays and papers. Now, that's not to say there aren't still a bunch of challenges and roadblocks to making all of these new research practices solid state, but we are on the way give a listen and hear how the path goes. Okay, Wilson, thanks so much for joining me today. It's nice to see you, although now remotely versus the press room at ISTE, right?
1: Yeah, it's great to be here, Kevin. It's been a, quite frankly a, a crazy couple of weeks since ISTE, you know, with the holiday and all, but, you know, we've been super busy here because of AI and a lot of the other circumstances that are happening in, in education.
0: Yeah, I see it didn't take a minute for one of us to say AI, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's on the forefront of pretty much
1: everyone's minds these days. Hopefully that calms down a little bit once people have a better grasp of it.
0: Yeah, it certainly seemed that the show, there was certainly a good amount of hype, but also a good amount of reason for the hype, right? I mean, it's still, we're still trying to kind of figure out where it falls on on the spectrum of where that topic, and actually getting a definition of what that topic is and what it means, right? I mean, it's just, it's kind of, it's it's all encompassing. Yeah, I think that people are still figuring out what it means to them
1: and and education, both are kind of coming together. And as we, this semester coming up will be a big test of how schools are reacting and how AI can fit. I think it'll be the first semester where schools are actually being more proactive about it uh, rather than reactive. So I think that can be exciting.
0: One of the things I think that piques everyone's fascination so much is the the possibility scenarios of schools, right? So it would be for good or for Or for bad, I mean, for fearing it, you know, And usually it comes down to the idea of cheating. And, you know, when was thinking about our conversation this afternoon and knowing about the products and services that you provide, those are some of the elements that I think could kind of go into some scenarios of what it means to work in the library or do a library project. And I think everyone from parents to teachers all have that scenario. They remember the Dewey Decimal System. They remember remember having that project and their favorite librarian who introduced them and showed them how to use the library and do all those things, you know, before the internet. (laughs) And now those scenarios are so drastically different for, for everyone. Now, the students themselves might not find any of this novel, but I think as adults, everyone does find it novel. Talk a little bit, so I mean, you started your company in 2017, right? I mean, so you're about five or six years in. AI was was a topic then, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily, well, it certainly wasn't the talk of the town like it is now. Can you talk a little bit about how you see the scenarios of what a future library looks like and what the job of a librarian, or more often now I hear media specialist as much as librarian, looks like? today through the use of products such as uh, PowerNotes?
1: yeah so I mean I think it's been evolving I mean it's been evolving even when I started this company um, and I go and visit libraries back in the teens going today uh, and visiting libraries today it, it's it's pretty different there were still libraries with like stacks of books and stuff like that I, I don't see a ton of that anymore you know people find their material on computers. There is no more card catalog. Certainly libraries are evolving uh, and they need to, and they're doing a good job of doing that. And I think the librarians are evolving as well. In my experience, we do talk to folks throughout the school or the university. In my mind, they are one of the most tech savvy constituents at a school. I think they understand that that's a role for them to fill and they've kind of embraced that role. And it's been always great to talk to librarians because they do understand the products and the needs and the tech needs of the students even if the faculty is one step behind them. And so it's been great to kind of interact with them. We got a lot of great feedback. And I do see AI specifically being a big help for libraries, specifically the things that we're doing are things that involve AI to get students into the library, not physically maybe, but into uh, the library's materials, uh, usually online. AI is going to be very good at doing things that students tend to struggle with, especially junior students that... Are starting out with on new subjects that they don't know a lot about. AI is very good at doing things like giving them some general information, but also giving them things like search terms and search phrases. I never really understood this until I started, started talking to faculty and librarians. They struggle with finding those things for uh, the topics that they're, they're that they're trying to look up. So, how do you look something up when you don't know what to search for? So, like a lot of the features that we're building are, hey, you can do AI in Power Notes. You can have the AI to give you search terms, and then you can jump right from the search terms into your library.
0: Some would say that students are now losing an element of, I don't know, uh, uh, diligence or earnestness to like come up with their own search terms, right? Because back in 1992, I had to come up with my own search terms, you know, like, there's this... Oh, it's almost like the argument uh, the, I remember of graphing calculators, right? Yeah. I and mean, it's like you put them put them away, and now you're to do the real work and the hard work. So there's like this balancing act between, again, that was an artificial intelligence that enhanced the way that that you learn. And here we are, here we are again. Are there some things that we should be willing to kind of toss away, and in order to then maybe focus on other things like, say, digital literacy and working on false information and, and other skills now in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I think that's that's always gonna be
1: evolving. And so when you have students uh, with a limited amount of time and, and faculty with a limited amount of time, uh, you pick and choose what you're gonna prioritize in terms of teaching. Like that's not my job as you know, someone that works at a med tech company. That's really the faculty and the librarian's job to decide what they think is going to be important understanding how technology is evolving kind of alongside what they're teaching. So they're going to have to react as well. Yes, there are certain things that if technology just makes the learning of that thing obsolete, I don't know that you need to teach it anymore. Maybe you can teach a lot more things outside of that, things that are more advanced, maybe a little more attuned to what your actual learning and teaching goals are. And that was just kind of a a little foundational step in terms of getting to where you eventually wanted to be and if that was taken over by you know some automation maybe that's okay that's happened throughout history certainly my, my kids right now are going through grammar school one of them is learning to do cursive and definitely not do we need to learn how to do cursive like i don't know right question and so that's another one of those evolving things where it's like i really am going to kind of like leave it up to the educators to decide what they feel is, is most important to teach they're the experts in the field no one knows what the future is going to be like, um, but we do know. At least I feel, and the educators that I've talked to feel, is that AI is going to be part of it. Given that, let's slowly get into a place where we can start evolving with the technology that's out there, because we want our students to be able to compete in 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 their workforce and in whatever they're doing after education. You know, they're they're in the best position possible to succeed. And if I don't need to learn how to do cursive, maybe that's okay. I don't know. And maybe they learn something else because of that. And that's great. I think it's a it's a dynamic thing. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer, but it's an exciting time to, to watch it all happen because I think AI is just gonna make it all go.
0: Yeah. And we can stop just having the conversation of whether or not AI should be in the classroom, right? I mean, it's kind of the same with the calculators, kind of the same with computers in the classroom, like that ship to uh, yeah. yeah. So now it's just how to how to most do it in a, in a way that is best for, for students. Yeah, no, I think that's the key question right now. Um, When I'm at
1: these conferences, when I was at ISTE, when I'm at higher ed conferences, that is the big big question. How do we teach the material? How do we let students know how to use AI? Because quite frankly, there's been a lot of, and we, we work a lot with law schools as well, and there's been a lot of articles out there in the popular press around how professionals have really kind of shot themselves in the foot by using AI incorrectly things in like new york times and all over the country like senior people junior people it doesn't matter there are things that you should just not be doing with ai at least at this point in time and they don't know how to do it um they're just using ai with the the same way that like you if you just see most students use it what their prompts are it's like write me paper on blog yeah. yeah perhaps not the best use of ai um, because <laughs> you get you into a lot of trouble but there are things that AI can really do a great job at. For instance, you know, I did a bunch of research. I went to my library. I found a bunch of material. I pulled it all together. AI, can you help me do something with this? Write it in a certain way. Be concise when I'm doing that so I'm not just struggling for hours on end on like what that first sentence should be. Like, Get me a start. These are all things that I've heard from the faculty members that I've talked about that are really things that AI can help with. Things are things like, I have a disability, English is not my first language. Those things are things that AI can really help you with, and even the playing field. And so um, I think there's a lot of exciting and, and, and very beneficial applications to AI, but students need to know what they are, and they need to know what the pitfalls are. And yeah. there's no better time to learn that than when you're in school, because that's when you can fail and not have it be on the New York
0: Times you know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. That's good. Now, literally, I know one of the features you have with, with power notes, and, and there's an emphasis, and you mentioned uh, law school, is the, um, the, the citation features right. and functions, right? Yeah. And that seems to me to be one of these things that, you know, if you can run it through an engine where everything is fact-checked or everything is cited you know it brings me back to the arguments about wikipedia where everyone was like well don't use wikipedia because you don't know where it's coming from it's like use wikipedia because of the citations at the bottom yeah if those things work out you find that it will be accurate and i i think the latest surveys i've seen it's like wikipedia turns out to be more accurate than that you find like a crowdsourcing than than an encyclopedia talk about how that works with with your stuff
1: no, that that's a great point. I mean, Wikipedia is a great example too. I mean, in the beginning of PowerNet, when I would talk to faculty, they would always cite Wikipedia as something you should worry about. And When I was a lawyer, Wikipedia was just like a, a blank no, like do not go there. Right. Uh, this was, in the, you know, in the in the late 2000s, and and now when I talk to teachers and faculty, it's like yeah, and librarians use Wikipedia, but use it in these scenarios. It's not an academic work. So you, right. you're probably not going to want to cite it for uh, certain things, right. um, but getting some background knowledge, not a bad idea. It's fast. It'll help you with those search terms, right? Right. Understand the scenario where it's useful and then understand the scenario where you probably don't want to go there. That's the same thing with AI, right? So you're going you're gonna to understand when to use it, when not to, and hopefully your librarians, your faculty, your educators are going to be the ones to teach you that. And the way that PowerNotes works generally is it's really there to help you find those sources, use those sources, use that library content. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to generate the citation really, really quickly and easily, um, probably more easily than anything that's that's out there. All you have to do is just highlight something on any page with, with Power notes, and then we're going to generate that citation. There's no other easier way to do it that we can find. So just keeping that function in place so that students don't get into... Plagiarism trouble or cheating trouble is a huge benefit to students and for faculty. It's it's something that they recognize that we need to do in the education space because it's part of having academic integrity and providing the right, right attribution, giving the right people credit. But it's a it's a big time suck for students in terms of like having to go through each step of finding every single citation, and making sure that the format's correct depending on what style you're using, like that's not easy. And I'll tell you another thing that we we always do surveys of students every year. Citation is always the most disliked thing in the entire process of anything education. It just gives them a bad taste in their mouth and it just makes the whole assignment less enjoyable for them. And, um, one of the things that we found is that like, hey, if you're using power notes and the citations are like done much more easily and yeah you got to check them like we actually have disclaimers in there recommended by librarians to check everything once once you do that like it just makes the whole process more enjoyable and if it's more enjoyable they're going to learn more because i mean yeah. learning should be enjoyable and i get it i mean i did citations forever and i hated it <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me, <laughs> I, I hated it so having a tool like this i think can can go a long way in just making the whole educational experience better
0: I remember thinking, going through both in high school and college, going through the footnotes and putting the footnotes, in, and I'm like, "He or she's not going to look at these." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just knew they were. Yep, right. <laughs> so, so yes, you know, just just if nothing else. A smarter footnote makes makes uh, the world a better place. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so. And, and you you don't want to not put it in. That's that's just like a no go zone, right? Out. So, uh, let's get it done, do it efficiently, keep yourself happy, keep yourself wanting to do the work.
0: Yeah. But that seems to be a function that we can watch also get more sophisticated and smarter as we go along. And so, even I'm just kind of going off on a tangent here, but you know, when you would watch a, a presidential debate and, and a candidate would say something and they, they would try to have like a live action fact checker go along yep. with it, I could see that would be a, an AI could. Something that could like just like flag a, a real time conversation, not even necessarily like a historical document. I don't know if I'd trust today's version of
1: AI to do that, but I could easily see that happening in the future where you are having that kind of real time component. And I think, again, going back to the librarian's purpose, you know, information literacy, being able to determine what's authoritative and what's not, those are all things that are going to be super important, especially today. Uh, yeah. And going forward. and. And being able to have information being fact-checked when you're receiving it, because let's admit it, like two days after that debate, like who cares, right? Right. Uh, and so having that information right there and like, it's going to be tough. I mean, I've seen like the news channels and the New York Times all fact check real time. Yeah. And uh,
0: it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's, cl- it's, really it's, tough. It's, it's clumsy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and so you know maybe maybe the AI gives them a head start. They have a couple people checking that, and and they're good to go. And maybe that just makes it you know more robust, more reliable, and and just better for everyone.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to the students and students using your products, in, in for instance, using the citation functions, but all sorts of aspects of it, is there a learning curve for them, or do you find that now, and maybe especially because they've been remote or hybrid the last several years have been that this is just kind of part of the way that they learn anyway? Uh, we always try to des- design things to be as
1: intuitive as possible, but you never are able to design it to be intuitive for everyone. Uh, you know, that's always something that technology struggles with generally. And we're no exception to that. What I've already mentioned is that, you know, the way that we generate citations is super easy and intuitive. Literally you don't have to do anything, but like select something on a page. The things that they they're gonna have you know learn more about is how to then check it because they're not just gonna look at it and be like yeah that's APA <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah
1: they're gonna have to pull out a reference source that says this is what APA is and then like compare it that's what they're gonna need to do and and that still takes work and that's that's something that I think faculty and educators and librarians want them to do and I don't think that's something we're gonna take out of the process because that's important. But up over some time, they'll start to get into the flow. Like, yeah, I know what APA looks like. I can be a lot more efficient about it now. That will save them time over course of their research or the course of their educational career. And the point would be that it was made a lot easier by something that was actually pretty easy to use. Because I mean, we use all of the other kind of reference management tools out there. And there's a reason that undergrad stones, (laughs) (laughs) it's just too hard.
0: Right, right. Now we could go on for a while about this, obviously, but as we wrap things up here, give me a look into your crystal ball. Talk about where you see, you know, specifically your technology and your products, but also maybe kind of the space in general. When we see each other in in three years at ISTE, what sort of conversations will be will be having then? Well, I don't think AI
1: will be on, on on the table for conversations. I I think it will be so embedded into education that it's it's like Zoom, like no one like and Zoom yeah. happened really quickly, right? Right. Uh, no one no one doesn't know how to do a Zoom call in yeah. education anymore. That's like not even a thing. But when the pandemic started, like no one knew how to use Zoom. Everyone was freaking out. Yeah. Um, I think the same sort of thing is going to happen with AI. Uh, I think it's going to be a little slower and I think there's going to be a lot more caution because there are really important things that are getting touched by AI, things like academic integrity that we're going to have to think really hard about. And... You know, Zoom is just a delivery mechanism. Um, There, there are a lot of aspects from an educational standpoint that the delivery mechanism is is important, and it is. And that's that's the thing we learned after the pandemic, right? With you know things, things people struggling with, you know, the Zoom classes and stuff like that, what they learn, and so it's going to be a slow wade into AI. But in three years, that's a long time. Maybe not so long for education, but but it's a good amount of time and. I think what's really going to drive it is that students are going to be using it regardless right they're already i mean i've seen surveys i've talked anecdotally to students as far as i know they're all using it yeah Uh, at least the ones that aren't afraid of it and the ones that aren't afraid of it i'm worried about because are they at a disadvantage right right and that that's not a fair disadvantage and so what i want what i think needs to happen is that we need to find responsible ways to incorporate AI into the curriculum, ways that are safe uh, for students as well as safe for faculty. And that's what we're doing. That's what PowerNotes is doing. Like we we literally worked, I mean, primarily with the University of Arizona, but especially but also with some of our other partner schools to create an environment where, yeah, you're doing the research in PowerNotes like you've always have, but we're layering on that AI piece so that uh the AI is now part of the PowerNotes process and that process is made safe because of the transparency that power notes gives to faculty and educators and library what we found uh, which is interesting because we had our first few classes use use these teachers these ai features built into power notes is that you know if students are doing the work in power notes and that work is transparent to faculty the students aren't going to cheat right we're not we're not here to try to catch people cheating because i think no one likes that kind of mentality like the Gotcha mentality, like we're the we're the police. Like no one wants to be the police, yeah. but all we're doing is a creating an environment where there's really no incentive to cheat. Hopefully, like we're in a place where faculty can introduce AI, use AI, and feel confident that what they're doing doesn't impact negatively, like academic integrity generally, and gives them a lot of cool tools, not just to use AI in the classroom, but to integrate AI with student learning like student learning before AI, especially things like finding sources. Cause we know, I mean, this is this is really the crux of like the the big disasters in the popular press is sources that just don't exist. The AI just made right. stuff. Up. Right. Um, you know, if the students find like we have features that allow the students to find their own sources, but then integrate it with the AI, removing the AI's ability to just make stuff up and just using the AI's language capabilities to really make that output strong and and then allowing students to then edit that. So a lot of the things that we're doing are really trying to build that environment where we're bringing that safety in. We're, we're maximizing humans using the what AI is good at, and then minimizing what AI is bad at. So yeah. that's kind of how we we're, we're going about it.
0: Well, uh, you have your work cut out for you, that's for sure. Again, it's an exciting time, but you know, with the work that you and others are doing, I think it's going to ultimately be a big benefit for uh, the way we teach and learn. So, Wilson, once again, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And that's all there is for this month's episode of eSchool News' Innovations in Education. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on your favorite podcast platform and go to eSchoolNews.com for plenty of more content.